Welcome to the Focus and Chill podcast, where we discuss productivity tactics that work for neurodiverse individuals. Every episode, we interview guests with lived experience of neurodiversity who also have a solid productivity and habit game, and pass the learnings on to you, our wise and benevolent audience. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Joey. I'm Joey, and I coach creatives to get moving on their most ambitious projects through the power of solid habits and strong focus. I'm also a perpetual student of psychology and perpetually on a quest to a one-armed chin-up. And I'm Jeremy. I'm a neurodiverse software developer turned startup founder, building habit and focus software for people with ADHD. My cool party trick is leaving parties early so I get to sleep on time to do my three hour long morning routine. The Focus and Chill podcast is brought to you by Focus Bear, a habit and productivity app that makes healthy habits and deep work the path of least resistance. If you have a tendency to check emails or scroll through Instagram first thing in the morning, but long to develop a meditation and exercise habit first thing, Focus Bear can help you. The app blocks distractions on all your devices and guides you through your habits one at a time. Throughout the day, Focus Bear assists you to stay in deep work by blocking websites and apps that are unrelated to your chosen focus mode. Life's not all about work though. You'll be prompted to take regular breaks to rest your eyes and stretch your muscles. At the end of the day, Focus Bear helps you switch off. Work-related apps get hidden so you can unwind and sleep well. Check out the app by going to focusbear.io. Welcome to episode number 31 of the Focus and Chill podcast. I'm excited to be joined by Brittany Joyner today. Britt is a self-proclaimed Trello nerd with a passion for software development, lifestyle optimization, and all things productivity. As a developer relations DevRel professional at Pixie Bricks, Brittany brings her technical expertise, love for fostering connections, and growth hacking skills to the table. She's a somewhat digital nomad, YouTuber, and indie hacker. Welcome to the show, Britt. Thank you so much. And that is by far the best bio I've ever heard of myself. Like you did a great job putting that together and I'm definitely going to be using that because as, as soon as like you said that, I was like, that that sums me up perfectly. <laughs> I did a, a bit of cyber stalking to find out all the, the different things that you're involved in. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you summed it up great. So yeah, if I if I ever have like a like a biography written about me, I would love for you to be the author. That would that would be great if you don't mind. <laughs> okay. Very good. Well, let's begin by talking about your experience with neurodiversity. When did you realize you weren't neurotypical? Yeah. So it's it's kind of funny. I was thinking about this like with being on the show. And ever since I can remember, my brain has always been described by others and by myself as like running a million miles a minute. And people would just often be so fascinated and confused at how my brain could go so many different directions and you know the path I take to or from different thoughts. And so, um, yeah, I don't think we really knew to call that ADHD or I didn't think too much about it, but it was just kind of a, a constant thing. And yeah, throughout my life, I kind of learned to be really good at being productive just because life is short and there's a lot of things I want to do. And I'm a very like goals motivated person and I work really hard and I've been pretty successful in the like traditional success sort of thing. Like I didn't do bad on tests. I did okay. Or even pretty good. Um, I managed to keep jobs and reach goals and deadlines and, you know, never had issues with like work, not being turned in on time or anything like that. So, so, so all of that kind of was like, ah, maybe I don't have ADHD. Maybe I do. Like, I don't know, but I'd often kind of wondered and had several, several people in my life be like, you made me have that. And I'm like, okay, well, they're not professionals, but just kind of like tucked it in and then, um, never took too much of it seriously. But then, I, a couple of years ago, started thinking more about it. And it made me think of like when I'd been diagnosed with anxiety, how it was nice to kind of figure that out and figure out that there were ways of making my life better. And like, you know, I didn't have to live with that. And, you know, I thought maybe I could, you know, optimize myself at like, it could be better to get more sort of help or figure out like, if this is a thing I struggle with. And so, um, I went to a psychiatrist and kind of talked through it. And I remember going through my intake and she was like, uh, do you ever lose things like your keys? And I was like, oh, no, 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 I never do. I always put them in the same place. And she was like, okay, but what if you like didn't put them in the same place? And I was like, then I'd lose it. And I have no idea where it is. Uh-huh. And she just kind of looks down and like scribbles notes. And then like, she also like another time she's like, does it ever feel like your mind is racing and you can't turn it off? And I was like, are 
are some people able to turn that off? And once again, she just kind of looked down and like scribbled. And I was like, okay. So yeah, long story short, I did get diagnosed then. And um, honestly, like that was about two years ago. And since then, it's been like a really interesting kind of journey. I, I mean, I can talk more about it if, if we want to dive more into it. But I've kind of experimented with like, you know, medication. I've even had ADHD coaching. And like, it's been really cool to see that, you know, even though, I was very functioning before, like just being able to channel into my brain the way it works best. I, I feel kind of almost like a whole new person. And like, I've been able to like really work in my, my best ways. And it's been awesome. Yeah. Really interesting to hear about how you're saying that the label of anxiety was actually helpful. Cause I think that's a concern from some people that if we label ourselves then we'll end up, I guess, almost regressing to that label rather than using it as a way of finding specific coping strategies. But it sounds like it's been really helpful for you and you've found. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, and I understand that to some extent and every now and then I see myself struggle with something and I'm like, Oh, that's the ADHD. And it's like, wait, was that there before though? Or am I just calling that now because I know I have ADHD. And so like, I get that to some extent, but it's also, I think it's one of those things that sometimes when you can put a name to something, it's a little bit easier to work with. And mm. I, I know as a society as a whole, we don't do a great job about, you know, thinking about things like neurodiversity or anxiety and depression as, you know, sort of, uh, or mental health in general, we don't really do a good job of thinking of that as just day-to-day life. Like for some reason, it's very different to us than physical health. Like you don't think of like, oh, if I've, I've got a broken leg, like you think of that differently than if, you know, your brain works differently than other people. And so I think that's why there's oftentimes a lot of uh, fear and maybe even shame or guilt associated with getting a diagnosis. But to me, I think when you can put a name to something, it makes it a lot easier to work with. And it kind of, rather than sitting and wondering, well, what's exactly going on with my brain, uh, you can actually learn. And that's what I think has been kind of interesting for me, both from an anxiety and an ADHD perspective, is just understanding that like, there's, my brain just works a little bit differently. And there's ways to kind of roll with that and work with that. That's going to make me work even better. It, it's not a deficiency. It's just something that's different. And yes, that means I, I may have to work a little bit differently than other people, but I don't know, it's kind of a superpower in some ways. And so, yeah, I'm, I was kind of excited as weird as that sounds to get the diagnosis. Cause I was like, okay, cool. Like I can actually put a name to this. And like, there's very specific resources, you know, related to that, that I can dive into and, and learn about. Mm, absolutely. Have you found that coping strategies have changed after getting a diagnosis or has it reinforced yes. the strategies you already well- I, so I think it's reinforced some of them, but I've also changed some of them. And like, this might be a, a common thing that kind of comes up through other stuff. But one of the things that I always kind of like hated, I guess, about myself, and I was like, I'm, I'm generally a pretty disciplined person, but sometimes it's like, okay, well, this is on my to-do list today, but like, I don't really feel like doing this. I feel like doing this other thing that like, it technically needs to happen next week, but I'm really excited about that. Uh-huh. And it's like, no, no, focus on this thing you're supposed to do today. You said you were going to do this thing today, even though there's no real deadline to do it today. You said you're going to do it today, so do it. And I used to like kind of beat myself over with that. And I've kind of, you know, since the diagnosis have just realized my brain, it it's, it's going to decide kind of when it wants to be on and off. And rather than fighting with that, if I just kind of lean into it, it's going to work out. And I find that that typically helps me be more excited about the things I'm working on. I get to work through them faster. And so, you know, obviously there's sometimes things where it's like, doesn't matter if I'm excited about it or not, I kind of have to do it. Like writing a book, uh, which I know we're going to talk about at some point, like there were definitely times when it was like, mm, my brain's not feeling it, but we're going to have to sit down and make it happen. And then I could use some of the, you know, coping mechanisms I've, I've used all my life to, to kind of get stuff done. But there's a lot of situations where, I could say, no, I'm more excited about this thing. And let's go do that. Because when I'm excited about something, I might be able to do it in 30 minutes. Whereas if I'm not excited about it, it could take me several hours. And so by being able to kind of compartmentalize that and just kind of ride the wave, as I like to call it, um, I think that helps a lot. Like, I I think a, a lot of me leading to kind of get the diagnosis happened around the time I became a software engineer. And I think a lot of that is because that job, um, that logical sort of critical thinking, it was very much on or off in my brain. I could not turn it off and I could not turn it on. So if I was having a coding day, if I had an idea on a Friday night and an app I wanted to build, I'd be up till midnight, boom, crush an entire app. Whereas Mm -hmm. like if it was an off day, I'm not solving anything. It doesn't matter if it's a tiny thing or not, but I had enough on and off days that throughout a week, it was totally fine. I was never like behind on my work or anything. Like, did that mean sometimes I took a couple hours break in the afternoon? Absolutely. And thankfully, you know, I had a team and manager who worked really well with that. And 
I think most managers do, as long as, you know, you're getting your work done overall, they're not worried about what that looks like each hour of each day. So um, long story short, I think that was kind of a big realization for me is kind of learning to ride that wave instead of fighting against it. Mm. That's really interesting. I was talking to someone else last night about that, that the wave approach to productivity as opposed to a rigid approach. Yeah. I, I guess I've tried to approach it with trying to have more consistency with my productivity because I've I felt that similar to you that at times I get into hyper-focus and I get a lot of things done in a very short amount of time, but I'm actually not great at sticking to deadlines that if I'm not in a, a mood of doing a particular report, I just won't do it. And I don't seem to care that much about violating deadlines. Whereas it, it seems like you are, are really good at always making sure that you meet external deadlines. What's your I, I magic mean- around that? Well, yeah, I and I will say one thing too. I think there's a difference between a hard and self, uh, a hard and soft deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there were definitely times with writing the book, I had to ask for extensions. Like there were mm-hmm. definitely times when I was like, I'm really close, but like it's not going to happen on that day. Can I have a few more days? And mm-hmm. like even today's a good example. I had kind of a soft deadline of something at work that I wanted to finish um, today, and I'd been kind of working on it throughout the week, but like. I was really struggling today with the like, I'm not feeling the energy for it. There's a bunch of other more exciting things that I also need to be doing. And there's really no repercussion of if this happens today or on Monday or even, you know, maybe over the weekend. And Mm. so because of that, I was like, okay, it's not going to happen today. And so, but that's fine. So I think that's the thing for me, though. It it kind of depends if it's like a hard or soft sort of deadline. And Mm. um, yeah, you know, that that like real fire under your ass kind of thing. It's not so much like uh, if if it's just like I say I'm going to do it by this week, like there has to really be a reason, like a publisher saying I need this now or like a client who's like, I want you to solve this problem for me in Trello and we're going to have a call and we're going to talk about it. Like, yeah, those are kind of more motivating deadlines. Yeah, I, I can really relate to that. And it, it makes me think about some of the the issues with work as a whole that I feel that sometimes I'm given tasks without really being explained the why behind them, or there's an arbitrary deadline that doesn't actually have any reason for it. And I think that's when I find it hard to motivate myself to do it. Whereas if my manager says to me, okay, we've got this big event coming next week and we need to prepare for it. So I need you to finish this by Thursday. And it's not, it actually has to be done by then. And I understand the repercussions if it's not done. Yeah. That makes a huge, that makes a huge difference for sure. And like, I think in general, that was one thing I kind of learned with my ADHD coaching is that you're not always going to be excited to do certain tasks and sometimes you're still going to have to do them. And so there's different ways to kind of help yourself get more excited about those tasks. And that's when I've kind of learned new coping mechanisms that can kind of, you know, really help with that, such as like, um, I I can't even remember now, like all of the categories, because I just remember some of my like specific tactics where it's like, uh, novelty, I think is one where it's like, change up your workspace. And so I'm constantly like, if I really need to do something, I may go work at a coffee shop instead of my beautiful desk with my 55 inch curved monitor, like, sounds silly, but that's where I may do is like, go, you know, put myself somewhere else. Or I may do like kind of bodily doubling and like, kind of have some sort of accountability that I put on that, whether it's like centered and and focus bear, actually, even like, even though there's not really another like human sort of there, there's still like different sort of apps that I know there's like something kind of watching me and saying like, hey, are you, are you doing that thing? And will like nudge me if I start to go in a different app that I know I'm not supposed to or a website or something. And so having that sort of accountability really, really kind of helps with that too. And so learning, learning those kind of things and um yeah, trying to introduce the novelty and like the rewards and the treats kind of thing too. Like I'm very much like a, okay, if I do this, then, you know, I'll go celebrate with Starbucks at lunch. Or like if I, uh-huh. if I get up early this morning and I like actually, you know, get out of bed and don't snooze my alarm, I can do whatever I want until nine o'clock. If it's play video games or read a book or whatever, like giving myself those sort of rewards. I love it. We've spoken about how you optimize your work in a way, but haven't really spoken about the type of work that you do. Do you want to talk about both the work that you do in your day job and also your book and the many other projects that you have? Yes. Yeah. I I, I get bored easily, so I make sure I'm never bored, uh, which means I'm a bit of a workaholic sometimes. So uh, I have a full-time job as a head of developer relations at Pixie Bricks and Pixie Bricks is a browser automation tool. Um, long story short, it lets you automate various things in, in different apps that you use in your browser. So it's very cool. And as my job, I get to build stuff. I get to help other people build stuff. And then I get to talk about the stuff I've built. And it's probably the first time in my life that I feel like I have a job that like 
I'm meant for this. Like I thoroughly enjoy all aspects of this and the thing, like I get excited about doing it. And so that, you know, that, that helps a lot. Um, so that's pretty cool. But um, I spend a lot my most of my days doing that. And then I also am a huge Trello nerd. I'm obsessed with Trello. I've been using it for over a decade. I've done consulting in the past. Um, but this year, that's kind of been on hold because I've been writing a book about Trello. And so that's been a really, really huge thing that I just finished as of today. Like I like just got from the publisher, mm-hmm. like, you're done. We're good. Yeah. So super, super exciting. Yeah. Su- very, very excited. So planning to take some time to celebrate that. Um, but yeah, in my free time, I'm doing stuff with Trello pretty much. So I like uh, I have a weekly newsletter where I post about things you can do in Trello. And for those who are listening who don't know what Trello is and you're like, what is this thing she's obsessed with? Um, it's basically like a project management tool, but it's like a, I like to describe it as a digital whiteboard with supercharged sticky notes. And so I I've done a lot with being able to like keep myself organized and on track. And I think honestly, it helps a lot with my ADHD because I give myself one place that I can kind of sort and organize everything that's going on in my brain and help me figure out, okay, what's next now, what kind of things. So, um, so yeah, I'm pretty passionate about it. And I do a a lot of, a lot of work on that, make YouTube videos and I'm pretty active in the community and on the Trello blog. So um, yeah. Awesome. And yeah, I had a look at some of the, the things you had on your Twitter recently with Pixie Bricks. I love the the pride washing demo that you did where yeah. you used OpenAI and were able to yes. figure out whether a, a website is making stuff up about their commitment. Right, exactly. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, that that was a really cool one. I um yeah, I basically used OpenAI to say uh, when you're on a website, go, you know, what's the website saying? Okay, you're on, you know, Home Depot. Now go see, like actually do research online, look and see what have they have they done to support the LGBTQ plus community? And it's like, because, you know, like, especially during June and during Pride season, every company's like, oh, we, we support the LGBTQ plus community. And it's like half of them or more are just doing it as a branding play. And so I was like, this could be kind of a fun thing to actually, you know, check for pride washing and see like, are, are you really doing anything? So that was really cool. But yeah, I, I love stuff like that. It's And it's, I appreciate that. Um, I get to do that full time. And obviously like some of my ideas are more exciting than other, or I should say more like pertinent to the business than others. And I appreciate that my team lets me kind of run with stuff, right? So like sometimes there's stuff I have to build because it's like, oh, this is, you know, something that somebody's requesting or somebody else is trying to build this. So I need to help them with that. But for the most part, it's like, if I have an idea of something that's pretty cool, I get to build it and like share that with people and help them explain, okay, well, even if you don't want to do this exact same thing, here's how this works. So you can build something kind of similar for what you want to do. And yeah, that, that makes it really fun for me. Mm, yeah, I found your blog post really clear and I could see how I could apply a similar thing if I wanted to use OpenAI and scraping content from the site. So it was yeah. a great example. If you want to awesome. do something with browser automation, check out Pixie Bricks. Yes, absolutely. And and let me know because literally I get I, I it's my job to get to talk to people about it and help them use it. So if you are interested, just let me know and we'll hop on a call and I'll I'll show you all the stuff. Awesome. When you're not working on your book or on Pixie Bricks, what are the the other things that you do maybe that aren't work-related? Yeah, so I had, to, I had to think about this for a little bit, but at the moment, we're currently, uh, my partner and I, we're currently fostering kittens. And so she and I spend a lot of time playing with them, taking care of them, cleaning up after them, feeding them, and um, also our pup, we have a dog. And so, you know, keep keeping, keeping the animal family going, um, spending a lot of time with that. I'm trying to get back into exercise, but I get bored of it pretty easily. So I, that, that's something I sort of try to do in my in my free time and kind of work that into it. And um, I'm a little bit of a gamer, I would say. I like board games and some video games. Uh, but again, I get kind of bored of them. So if they're like, I'm not one of those people that can sit behind a screen and play video games for hours. Like I can usually play for like 30 or 60 minutes and then I have to do something else. Um, so I do that. And then uh, travel. I love to travel. And so that's really, really fun for me. And yeah, I... I, I made a rule for myself a long time ago that I'm not allowed to like fly back home from a trip unless I have another trip planned. And uh, so that that's kind of fun. I'm, I've pretty much always got something planned. Wow. What's the next trip that you've got planned? Uh, so the next trip is actually to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, going on a, a camping trip in a couple of weeks. Awesome. What's what's to see at? Uh, I can't pronounce the name. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah I was going to say Gatlinburg. Yeah, that's true. I guess like I'm realizing Gatlinburg, Tennessee, probably like me, doesn't mean much to to uh, most of the international community. So, um, Tennessee is kind of in the like the foothills of like the uh, Appalachian Mountains in the U.S. And so it's uh-huh. very beautiful, like mountain scenery up that way. And so, um, yeah, it's just like. 
very, very like naturey. And I'm I'm not gonna be like completely like in the woods where it's like there's you know nothing going on because I, I'm still gonna be a little bit like on the outskirts where like there's restaurants and things you can do and like activities. So there's some stuff to do there. But um, yeah, in, in general, it's just very beautiful scenery. Wonderful. And camping this time of year in the US would be nice, I imagine. Oh my gosh, it's actually gonna be hot. I'll be in an RV. So like, or I'll be in a camper with air conditioning. So that's where I'll say that that's that will be nice. Because right now it's like, yeah, I'm not good at like Celsius conversions, but I'm pretty sure we're like almost at 30 today. I think I remember looking today. Let me see. Um, Yeah, yeah. Sorry. We are today at 37. That is how hot it got here. 37 Celsius today, which is 100 Fahrenheit. So yeah, that is hot. I'm curious with the exercise, does the the pup and maybe the kittens, can you take them with you to make it exercise more fun? I've seen people have so, those backpacks with the, the little Perspex bubble so that yes, they see outside. I got one of those. I literally oh, yeah. got one just this week because, um, so with our very first litter of kittens uh, that we were fostering, um, it's called foster fail. We ended up keeping one, of course. Um, and so anyways, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I literally got, um, I ordered one on Amazon, a backpack that it's a that little bubble thing. Like I'm sure exactly what you're picturing. And I've already kind of practiced like putting him in it and stuff, but just because it's been so hot outside lately I haven't had him do that because I think it's going to be really really hot but I do take the my dog for for walks um that's actually been kind of a thing uh and I know one of the things we're kind of you know going to talk about is morning routines but that's actually been a thing I've been trying to get myself to do lately is like wake up in the mornings organize the the cats and then go drive to take my dog to um it's just like five minutes down the road but it's a little bit too long to walk but it's like a quick drive and um walk around this beautiful like lake area that's nearby us and just kind of I'll set a timer on my watch and walk however long I'm planning to walk for walk half that much and then turn back and so you know if it's 20 minutes I'll go 10 minutes out and come back or like that and even on short days like the other day I was like I'm feeling kind of rushed but I still was like okay we'll go we'll go out eight minutes and come back eight minutes kind of thing so it's something and uh so yeah so that's definitely been helping some um I've also been trying I bought a MetaQuest uh, and I've started using if you, the, it's, the funny thing is the reason I bought it is because I'd seen so many ads for this game called Supernatural. And I don't know if you've seen any ads for them, but it's like all it's it's basically like you're you're put in like this this virtual space like you could be in like. I don't know, in front of mountains, you could be in front of like the pyramids, like just plots you somewhere in the world and you're like punching things and doing all sorts of stuff. And all the ads say, this was the first time in 30 years I ever enjoyed working out. And I was like, maybe I'll enjoy it. Um, And so I bought it and I do that sometimes. I will say I do enjoy it and it's a really good workout when I do it. But um, yeah, I still haven't got the stickiness of like doing it as often as I want to. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. wonder if you can do martial arts training as part of it as well. Ooh, I don't know. Actually, I don't. I don't know. I haven't explored that. There, there's probably some Quest app out there that does, though. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they have. It seems everything for that. Hmm. Well, you just foreshadowed the next question you talked about that I was going to ask you about morning routine. So I'm going to ask you now: What does your morning routine look like? Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said at the moment, it kind of involves you know getting up and doing a quick tidy of the house and the litter boxes and feeding the cats and then going on that walk and then. What I try to do is do something after to kind of reward myself for that, whether it's like going to grab a coffee or, um, you know, just, I don't know, something something to, to kind of make it like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm up and moving. Um, and then I kind of come back home and I'll sit down and I'll, I'll settle in for the day. And pretty much what that means is I never if I can help it, start my, start my day with my first meeting. Like I like to have a little bit of like me time at my computer where it's like, catch up on what's on Slack, catch up on what's on email. If I want to go look at product hunt and see what's launched. And if anything's exciting, go, you know, kind of read the news if I'm interested in it. And when I say news, I mean more of like tech news and like AI kind of stuff and see like what all my newsletters are telling me. Um, so that's kind of what it looks like now. In the past, I've tried all sorts of things because I really, I want to be a morning person. And I just, I can't be a big morning person. Like, I don't know. I always like, people are like, are you a morning person or like a morning bird or a night owl? And I'm like, I'm kind of neither. I'm just kind of like a, like a sleepy chicken, like all the time. Like I'm just, I don't really want to do anything in the morning or late at night, but um, I've tried the whole, like wake up at 6am and go do CrossFit or, you know, sleep in without an alarm and wake up when your body tells you. And like, you know, a very rigid morning routine involves like drinking all of my water and like 
eating healthy breakfast and working out and stretching and then like reading 10 pages in a book and journaling. Like, yeah. And I've nothing really ever sticks for me. And it took me a while to kind of just be okay with that and realize that every couple months it's going to look a little bit different and that's totally fine. Like I'm getting stuff done I need to do and I'm enjoying my days. And so it doesn't matter if it, you know, looks like what, you know, Tim Ferriss or somebody else says on, on their, their channels. Yeah, that's important. I think the the routine shifting over time is a important message to hear because there was an article from Nir Eyal to that effect recently, basically saying that there's this illusion that you're going to have one morning routine and stick to it for years, but it may yeah. be situational that you might have needed a certain morning routine for one part of your life and now your right. circumstances are different. And it's actually, I, I like what you're describing, starting with some some time outside and not starting with a meeting that yes exactly yeah that's and I mean every now and then I can't help it and that's just like I had a bad night's sleep so I sleep in as much as I can and I've just got like that 9 a.m meeting or something and I can't help it but I really try if I can for that not to be yeah because there's a pretty strong correlation between if I start my day like that and how like the rest of it goes and it it just feels way too out of control for me if if it starts with a meeting usually Mm, yeah how do you go from, say, reading tech news into then creating stuff? Because you you probably, do, yeah. how much of your day um, do you spend doing it's, more of the, yeah, you go. It's, it's tough for sure, um, because that's one of the things that I started to struggle with myself the most is noticing, all right, we've settled in enough, like, let's time to actually tackle the to-do list and, and do things. And so, um, funnily enough, I've tried to do a couple different things. Sometimes I'll use timers. Usually if I kind of like, I'll get to a point where after about 30, 40 minutes of it, I'm like, okay, I'm like itching to like, I've read and done enough stuff where I'm kind of like itching to like, all right, all right, let's, you know, I'm feeling inspired by everything. Let's go, let's go do something. And um, I usually find around that time is actually a good time for me to kind of start like my uh, focus bear focus shifts where I'm like, all right, let, let's start one here. And like, I'm, I'm not going to act like I'm great at doing focus bear. And like, I spend all day long in and out of like, you know, uh, focus mode, break, focus mode, break. Like I'm not great at that, but I try to have like a couple periods where it's like, okay, I know I need to do this thing. I'm going to spend the next 35 minutes focusing on this and then, you know, take a break and go from there. Um, and so that's usually where, as long as I have a clear idea of like, what's the next thing I need to do, which is a big part of how I work. I, I typically try to plan the night before what I want to work on tomorrow. And again, I kind of like go with my energy and kind of feel if like I wake up and like, I'm really not feeling the energy for a specific thing, but there's something else on my plate that I can lean into. I will, but for the most part, I generally have an idea of like the genre or the, the, you know, the kind of thing I want to want to be working on the next day. And so, um, I do not subscribe to eat the frog. I know that's a big productivity thing where it's like, do the hardest thing and, and, you know, start your day with that. I hate that. Uh, I very much am the opposite of that. I will typically start my day with like the task I'm most excited about. Um, and sometimes that does end up being my hardest, but often it, it's, you know, somewhere in the middle of the road. It's not necessarily the easiest either, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I, how I try to segue that into, you know, something I'm excited about, like, let, let's go do it and get a, get a good win before lunch kind of thing. Hmm. I like it. Now, in terms of productivity optimization, you've spoken about a, a few things already in terms of having the right equipment with your 55-inch monitor, using yes. some novelty, working from coffee shops from time to time, giving yourself a reward for productivity. And I was keen to hear about, with your approach to Trello, you said you have 10 different Trello boards and then you you do the planning the night before. Do you do that that nightly plan in Trello as well or how do you so, pick from the 10 boards? I- so I actually use a tool called AkiFlow that um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's basically for anyone who's listening who isn't. It's um, it's kind of another project management sort of tool, but it I I feel like it's different than Trello because some people might be like, why do you need both? But what AkiFlow does is it kind of lets me bring together everything into one spot, and so it's connected to my email, it's connected to my Slack, and so if there's ever like here's a task, I can star an email, I can save a message in Slack, I can add myself to a card in Trello, and it brings that all together in an inbox. And then kind of lets me plan and say, uh, okay, roughly I want to do, you know, I know this is going to take a couple hours. Let's aim for that on Monday. Let's aim for that on Tuesday. And again, I kind of move it around a little bit because I don't like to be too super rigid with it. But in general, like that's where I can kind of say like, okay, you know, here's what I'd like to accomplish roughly this week. Here's where it kind of fits in on a day-to-day basis based on the fact, 
you know, I know I have five meetings on Fridays. I'm not going to do a ton of other work. So let's not put my biggest task on Fridays. Like, you know, some of that kind of kind of tends to work out like that. And so that's usually where I have a rough sort of plan and I kind of will evaluate. I'd be like, all right, so, you know, tomorrow I planned on working on, you know, building this new mod and writing up a piece of content about it. Uh, I'm kind of tired of writing content at the moment because I've just done my book all day long and, you know, this other piece of content. And so maybe I'm just going to actually build these other two mods that I was initially talking about building one on, you know, two days out, but maybe I'll go do all the building tomorrow and then I'll do all the writing the day after when I've had a little bit more rest kind of thing. And so, um, I'll I'll usually go to sleep with kind of an idea of like what tomorrow is coming and that kind of helps me prepare for it and get excited about it because oftentimes I'll like kind of get some ideas at the night like oh yeah I want to kind of like this is what I might incorporate into that and it just kind of like starts kind of stewing like I don't know a, a, a pot of tea or something like that. Mm, that sounds like a almost similar to motion but I guess with motion yes. you, you can't factor in the excitement level so it <laughs> Yeah, it it, uh, it is kind of similar to motion. I keep seeing ads for motion and I've yet to actually try it out, but I want to one of these days. Um, but yeah, it is kind of similar to motion. Uh, Morgan, I think, is another tool that it's kind of like as well. Uh, so yeah, there's a few different alternatives. I've tried out Morgan before. Occiflow just seems to seems to work like and I like that you can like kind of quickly capture things from anywhere and it's very like keyboard shortcut driven so that's like really fun too because you know you don't really need your mouse and it's it's uh yeah you can like quickly plan you can you know set something as your goal for the day you can give things priorities you can give it tags integrates with your calendar so like I'll have one when I have Occiflow up it'll show me here's the tasks I'm planning to work on here's my meetings and I can even like slate my tasks in the the calendar next to it if I want to I don't always do that because I'm not a great time blocking typically feels a little too restrictive for me, but I like a flexi time blocking, if that makes sense, kind of like roughly thinking about it, but giving myself freedom to move it around. Uh, so yeah, I really like it. It works really well for that. Mm. I think you were saying that there was another tool, potentially AccuFlow, where it has a, a different inbox for Slack as well, that you have different workspaces. Oh, that may have been compose i was playing with compose for a little bit i actually yeah i need to get back into that because i was playing with it for a while and i thought it was really really cool and then they kind of took away slack but i think they were bringing it back in but basically what it kind of lets you do um it was this app that you could set up slack like workspaces you could set up your email and you could set up different rules and you could say like here's like you know here's my team. Like, so I could have, let's say like a, a workspace called Pixie Bricks. And then I could have, I think they called them like splits or something within that. That's like my manager. And whether it was like an email or a Slack message, it all went in that one space. And so it's like, okay, I can have, you know, alerts on here and get notifications from wherever, but I don't have to have all of my Slack alerts on just this one. Hmm. Um, or it could be like marketing and whether it's like emails from like, you know, our uh, blog contractors or, specific channels on Slack that relate to marketing. It like kind of threaded everything almost in in one space. And so they made some changes with Slack recently that, um, yeah, I don't have a good reason for why I stopped using it, honestly. Uh, I think a big part of it was because I do a lot of email on mobile, uh, like on my phone or on my iPad, and they didn't have a mobile solution. So I kind of was starting to get away from it. But uh, I know they had plans to make one. So I really should go back and check them out because that was kind of a cool way of like compartmentalizing and making sure I'm not getting distracted by like book stuff. Like I could focus on Pixie Brick stuff during the day. And then I had another space for book stuff when I was in the, in the space to kind of look at that and be like, all right, it's book time. Let's figure out book stuff or it's newsletter time. Let's go read newsletters or it's, you know, I'm focusing on content today. Like what, what's going on in our content channels and you know, whatever I needed to do there. Mm, that sounds really helpful because the Slack default app for Mac, for example, I think it's very bad for compartmentalizing in that yes. you, it drives you towards adding all these different workspaces and then you see the yes. notifications from the other ones. Whereas yes, I, yes. And you're like, yeah, I I can't like stand when there's notifications in the one or the other. I, I yeah. think you're actually the one that... Um, uh, was starting to tell me about uh, using Slack in the browser. And I've actually converted to that. I, for the most part, have. Like, I've started using it in the browser for that same sort of reason because I realized that, like, I yeah, and I, I actually use Pixie Bricks to make different automations that will, like, you know, I can quickly bring up multiple if I need multiple 
or I can just have one up. So it's like, all right, let's just focus on Pixie Bricks right now or Pixie Bricks community. Like those are the two I want up. And it's like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm talking about Trello stuff. Like let's go log into those two spaces that I'm part of later today or, you know, whatever. And so I've managed to like make some automations with Pixie Bricks that makes them come up pretty quickly in the browser, but also I can easily close out of them. And so, like you said, when I have Pixie Bricks up, I don't have to think about what's happening in the other spaces. Mm, yeah, that's so important when... I think you and I are similar that we've got a lot on, a lot of yes. different bows to, <laughs> strings to our bow. And it's great to yep. hear how you've been able to compartmentalize. And the other thing that helps me and I think a lot of people is taking frequent breaks. So we're going to take yes. a quick break and we'll be back with our next set of questions. Hello there, this is Joey. I'm excited to tell you about a project I run where I help imaginative people just like you breathe life into their creative dreams, like writing that book or performing that stand-up comedy set. I know the first step can be daunting. I have been there many times and have helped many people on a similar journey. If you've wondered how to bring those ideas swimming around in your head to life, get in touch. We'll shrink the intimidating dragon off a goal into a cute little lizard of an achievable daily habit that you can do every day to get started and stay moving. Click on the link in the show description to get in touch. We're back and now I'd like to ask about a habit you'd like to remove from your life potentially a bad habit or one that you spend too much time on. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I I think there's probably several I could choose from, to be honest, but one big one that's really kind of come up for me lately is I I don't want to stay in bed um, after my alarm goes off in the morning. Like there's pretty much a direct correlation of like how much time I spend in bed, like after my alarm goes off, just kind of playing on my phone and ignoring, like just not getting up and how the rest of my day goes. And even if it's not, you know, like, I don't have to get out of bed and, you know, go drink water and do 20 different things to be productive. I just need to get out of bed. And um, it makes a big difference in my day. And I think that's one reason why I've started kind of doing the walking thing, because it's like, I don't have to use my brain. I just need to use my feet. Just get up and go. It's not even like a crazy intense workout. Like, just get up and move. um, And that kind of helps me. But I'm really trying to work on that one. And just, uh, yeah, not like my alarm goes off now, stay in bed for another hour playing on my phone. Or trying to go back to sleep, which like, it's never good sleep. I don't know why I ever do it, but I, I'm still tempted to all the time. Like, and it's never like, oh, I feel so much rested after I slept another 30 minutes. Never mm. makes a difference. Especially in winter. I think there's a real temptation because it's yes. cold outside and don't want to get Yes. Out. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so tough. Yeah. Mm. What tactics will you use to try and combat this uh, so it's it's funny you mentioned winter because that is definitely when I struggle with it the most. And um, we're at, I, I mean, I know you're all in winter right now. We're in summer here. And so that's mm. not really an issue. But when we're in winter, I had um, I had a space heater and uh, a smart plug. And so I plugged it into the smart plug and set the smart plug to turn on the space heater and like basically make my room super hot. Like I swear it was getting up to like I don't know, 90 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know exactly what that is like, like Celsius, but like very pretty, pretty warm. And, um, and so, yeah, so that was literally one of my tactics is like when I knew my alarm was going to go off at like, say seven, well, at 630, I'd start cranking up that heater. And by the time it was seven o'clock, like then I'd have the lights turn on too automatically. And it was like, Mm. okay, now I kind of just want to get out of bed because I'm just hot and like done (laughs) with this. So uh, that was one thing I kind of did with that. And like I said, now kind of the thing I'm doing is just thinking like, what is something I want to do and not like, oh, go get out of bed and like, go be productive, go work harder and get more work done before 9am. Like, it's not about that. It's just about like, go do something fun, go, you know, have a win for the day, whether it's like going for a walk and like wearing out myself and my dog, like, um, and I know he enjoys that. Um, I enjoy that. My partner and I, she started going with me and like, it'll just be a fun thing. She and me and our dog in the morning, just kind of walk around and it's like 20 minutes. We get kind of a line on the day together and talk about stuff. So, um, yeah. So that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment. Uh, I know everybody talks about like having the alarm, like on the other side of the room and stuff, but that just always pissed me off. Like I, I I've tried that tactic before. It just made me grumpy. It's like, no, no, I'll, I'll get back in bed if I want to get back in bed, but now I'm just gonna be mad about it. <laughs> How about, have you seen that tactic where the alarm sound is, Hey Rover, let's go for a walk. Hey Rover, let's go for a walk. And then your dog hears it. <laughs> your dog gets all excited. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, that's super funny, but, um, I, yeah, I haven't seen that. I have started actually, that reminded me though, with, um, Alexa, I have, uh, she'll, my alarm will go off. And when I dismiss the alarm, I have a series of things that 
she obviously can't force me to get out of bed, but I'll have her say like, you know, get out of bed. It's time to do like epic stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and then she goes through like, you know, what's the weather going to be today? And she reminds me it's going to be extremely hot. So I better, you know, like it makes me think, okay, it's going to be a hundred degrees today. I might as well get out of bed and go for a walk now. Cause it's not going to happen later. Um, and then kind of goes through like my calendar events for the day. So it's like, it gives me a few minutes to just sit there and be like, all right, you don't have to like pounce out of bed, absorb some information, but see, like, kind of lays the day out for me a little bit and makes it feel like, all right, all right, let's 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 step into it now. Mm, I like that. I wonder if you could make it work with OpenAI so that Alexa would actually say, hey, it's going to be really hot in a bit, so go f- for your walk now before it gets too hot. I mean, one- I could, there's a lot I can, like, yeah, I mean... I, I don't know exactly what I could do with like open AI. I'm sure I could, but I mean, I could, I programmed her. I can make her say whatever, like I can type it, say, say this or that. So especially mm. during the summer, it's a pretty much a guarantee. It's going to be really hot. And so uh, I don't even know that I need a AI for that. I could just make a default. Like it's going to be hot today. You want to go for a walk? Go now. Like I could make her say that, or mm. I, I could make her say, Levi, Levi, you want to, you want to go for a walk? Like I could, I could, def- that's my dog's name. So I could definitely make her do that. That could be really interesting. Mm. You'd be like, what, what, what are we doing? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing in Focus Bear now we've got, I don't know if you've turned on this feature, but we've got a custom motivational message each day that is based on Oh, your- yes, yeah, with AI, yeah. Mm. Um, and- yeah, I don't actually think I've turned on that feature, uh, but I, I did see that the other day with one of the updates and I was like, oh, that's a, yeah, that, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, because I've got it, I, I find it's actually surprisingly good because we've got the what is it the the warmness level or the chaos level so it's quite yes. different each day and then <laughs> yes yeah i i really like sarcastic mode it'll say something like wow you're really setting the world on fire with your 3 day morning routine streak <laughs> keep, keep up the mediocre work <laughs> that's amazing okay i need to play with that <laughs> but it'd be good to have it actually said to me yeah, while you're in bed, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I used to used to want. To, there's a quote from um, I think it's Fahrenheit four five one, where it's there was some quote from that, but I can't think of now what exactly it is. But it's something about like a, a sloth and like don't don't be a sloth and like get up and seize the day kind of thing. That I, I I'm gonna butcher it. I can't remember the exact words, but it, it was oddly motivating to me. And I used to like you know have an alarm. You know when you can do an alarm with a label and I'd like the alarm would go off and it wouldn't like say it, but the message on my phone would be like, you know, yeah, don't be a slot, like whatever it was. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of a similar version of that. Mm. Yeah. But I guess it, it, it would be ideal if it could also factor in how much sleep you've got. Cause on yeah. days where if I didn't sleep well, I don't think I'd like a really harsh message, but on days where I got enough sleep then something, yeah. a bit of sass to it, I think that would probably yes. help. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That's true. Or like how well you slept or like what all you've got going on that day. Like if it's like stuff Mm. you're looking forward to or stuff you're like generally dreading or something like, yeah, that could be interesting to be kind of smart about it. Mm. On the other side of the day, how do you switch off at night? I don't. I'm honestly really terrible about it, but I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, Sometimes I'll read and uh, sometimes I watch TV. Sometimes, you know, I like will play games and things, but one of the things I've started trying to do that I think does help a little bit is trying to leave my laptop in the office because I tend to have a bad habit of like, I shut down at five and then I'll take my laptop and go move to my living room couch with my laptop and then do other stuff. And so um, I try to, you know, be like, okay, well, if I'm not going to shut down at five, let's stay in my office and do my work. And then when I'm done, let's just kind of walk away from it. And so I've started trying to do that. Um doesn't always work. Some some nights I'm better at it than others, but uh, that's that's kind of what I, I do try to do. And I, I do have a very strong rule of like no laptops like in the bedroom. Like I'm never like laying in bed working on stuff. And so very much like if I'm going into the bedroom, like it actually does work. I like almost get tired just like anytime I walk into the bedroom because like it's pretty much reserved for like playing on my phone um, or reading on my Kindle or reading a book or yeah. So no laptops in there definitely is is a solid rule. Now I'm trying to work on no laptops in the living room too, but we'll get there eventually. Mm, I guess the the laptop rule is important. I, I follow that too. How about the the phones? Do you think you'll ever say no phone in the bedroom? No, no. Maybe I should. Like as weird as this sounds, I think I'd like just get bored of or not bored, but like 
I almost need my phone to distract me from my own thoughts because there's so much going on in my head that if I don't have somewhere else to funnel it, that I feel like it just almost is more overwhelming. Like for that same sort of reason, I don't have a TV in the bedroom, but I do pretty much every night fall asleep listening to uh, either the TV show, either Friends or uh, Parks and Rec or The Office. Like has to be a show I know super, super well. And I've seen like every episode because Mm -hmm. if it's a new show, then I want to watch it. But if it's a show I know, I'll play it on my phone and I won't even have like the video on. Like I'll just like close the screen and play the sound and I have like a sleep timer that'll stop it in like mm-hmm. an hour Um, because I know that's probably not great for my sleep, but it's it gives my brain something to focus on because I can like close my eyes and hear the audio and like visualize like I'm watching that episode. And yeah, it usually puts me to sleep in less than like 30 minutes. And so um, I don't know. I think I'm trying to get better about using like sleep sounds. And so whether it's like, you know, thunderstorm or like ocean or things like that, because I know that's probably better than listening to a TV show. And I think if I could get to a point like that, then I I, I may, may be like, okay, read a book and then go to sleep. Like there's no phone needed for, you know, entertain myself with a book. And when I'm not booking, go to sleep. <laughs> mm. But I, I like that idea that that's quite nice to to have something comforting and familiar yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's yeah, it's that's exactly the thing. And it's like, I'm not getting distracted by any like random noise I see. And, you know, especially if it's like a funny show, like it, it's kind of lighthearted. And like, I'll catch myself like, you know, kind of lightly chuckling at stuff as I fall asleep. And my partner, she knows the show is really well, too. And so every now and then, like, we'll be laying there starting to fall asleep. And like, we'll say a quote at the same time, we know it's about to happen in the TV show or something. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, because even with books, I can find sometimes I'll read a book and it will stimulate me if it's a a new book that I haven't read before. But Yeah, it it totally depends on the book. Yeah, and I prefer to read like nonfiction, which I feel like in generally is more stimulating because it like Mm -hmm. gives you ideas, which is why I like to read it, but Mm -hmm. not always helpful when you're trying to go to sleep. Yeah, I was going to ask too, in terms of you are using AccuFlow for capturing ideas, do you use that? Is that part of why you have your phone so that you can use the AccuFlow app to to capture thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true because, yeah, whether it's AccuFlow or Trello, depending on kind of what it is, I alternate. But like if I'm reading an article, I want to like save it somewhere. Or if like if I think of something that I need to do, um, I I think this was another like ADHD revelation for me. I'll often like when I'm I'm driving somewhere, my partner will be in the front seat and I'll think of something and I'll be like, hey, can you send me a text to mail my mom flowers or whatever? And she's like, we're we're like three minutes away from where we're going. And I'm like, I will literally have a thousand thoughts between now and then. So yeah. like, if you don't want like, please text me because I will forget long before mm-hmm. we park. Um, and so I think to your point, that's kind of another good reason why I probably like, I guess I could solve that with a notepad, but um, I do tend to, you know, think like, oh yeah, I need to remember to thaw chicken in the morning because I'm making a crockpot meal or like, you know, mm-hmm. I've got to remember, oh, tomorrow's Levi's flea medicine. Like I've got that on the calendar, but like, let's, you know, also set a reminder. So I make sure I don't forget or something like that. Mm. Yeah. I- I also use Trello, but I often, I don't have my phone handy and I'll write it down on pieces of paper, but then I sometimes yeah. lose the pieces of paper or I have <laughs> tons of them on my desk. So it's, Yes. It's and then nice it's just it. like a chaos there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I do normally, that's part of my evening routine to then process the paper notes, but it sounds nice. like almost saving time there by not having to do a double handling step. Yeah. And like, I mean, I also, you know, I might, like for me, like it might be like, okay, well, after I walk away from my desk, I still think of like various things. Cause like I watch TV and I get an idea or like I'm reading a book and I get an idea or mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know for better or for worse. Like I'm thinking things all the time. And so sometimes they're useful things I want to capture. So. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Final couple of questions. We've spoken about it, a few resources. So we, I guess number one, Pixie Bricks. Yes. Number two, your new book. What's the title of the book? Uh, supercharging productivity with Trello. Very good. And it's coming out yeah. on August 11th. It is coming out. Yes. August 11th. So hopefully by the time that, you know, this, this is aired, it's, it's ready to go. Um, I'm sure we'll include a link to it in like show notes and stuff, but, uh, it'll be on Amazon. You can, uh, you can find it there. There's a digital copy and a print copy. Um, I definitely recommend the print copy because if you're into Trello, you're going to read this and, my goal is like, you're probably going to skim it the first time you read it and you're going to keep it for the rest of your life because it's like sort of like a textbook almost like you're gonna be like, oh, this part's interesting now, but like later you're going to three months now, now you'll have a question about automation and you'll want to be like combing through like, where was that section she talked about? Like assigning people to things automatically or like adding a checklist or like she talked about a power up that like, you know, mirrors cards, which one was that? And, and so anyway, so all that is to say, uh, 
I'm definitely recommending the physical copy for that reason, because it's going to be a lot easier to pick through and find what you need. Awesome. I'll look forward to having a read. I, I use Trello in a very non-power user mode. I only recently started <laughs> adding to do uh, due dates to my cards. Nice. Okay. Hey, there's, there's no right or wrong way, right? Like that's one of the things I talk about is like, it's kind of like Legos, right? You can build whatever you want with it and it's about what works for you. So yeah. Hmm. And then the other ones, Aki Flow, Compose, any other yeah. tools or philosophies, sensory toys, um, anything like that you find helpful? I mean, well, so as we speak, I'm playing with a fidget cube. That's pretty much nice. like uh, something I'm always using like during during meetings and stuff. Um, another tool I will say that I've kind of found helpful recently, it's called Rosebud AI Journal. And um, it's kind of interesting. So how it works is like, at the end of the day, it'll be like check in for the day and it'll like ask you a question. It's like, what was the highlight of your day? Um, and then you can write something about it and it'll be like, you know, kind of like what was something you struggled with or what was a challenge? And then it's like, do you have a new opportunity or anything inspire you? And then you can click to like go deeper and it'll basically, it uses AI to kind of see what you've said and come up with a question that can kind of help you dive into that more. So like, if I said like, you know, my highlight was getting to see my sister and and show her the new kittens. It might ask like, what exactly about that? Like brings you joy or like, uh, or, you know, if I said something about a challenge, you're like, you know, a lot of it has been like lots of editing, lots of editing. And it's like, well, what can you do to like make that different? And it just gives very thought provoking questions, which is kind of cool. Um, mm. And I've really enjoyed it. And it uh, it'll actually like come away with action items, which I'm all about action items. And so it'll literally like after I, you know, finish my entry, it'll like summarize it, basically like say it back to me. And then it'll be like, here's suggestions. And I, it'll like, you can pick like, you know, manifest, they, they call it manifesting. And it could be like, um, you know, spend more time with the kittens every day. Or like, uh, you know, you, if I mentioned something about having anxiety about like traveling with animals, it'd be like research, like travel, like pet friendly travel options or, you know, things like that. So it basically helps like take kind of what is going in your brain and help you like move more productively forward with it or, and, or just kind of think about it more, uh, which I think has been very interesting. So. Yeah, mm. that's fascinating because I, I use a, a simple journaling app that just has some rote questions, but yeah, I really like the idea of going deeper. It's almost like it's a, a coach in a journal. Yes, app. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know that I would ever say it replaces therapy, but I think like I definitely have noticed it makes me uh, kind of think like in some ways similar to like how my therapist is kind of like teaching me to kind of think through things like I, I very much it, it's in that same vein for sure of like you know, getting to the root of what's actually bothering you or things like that. Hmm. Wonderful. And in terms of people connecting with you is Twitter and your website, the best two places. Yeah. yeah. Twitter, my website, um, Twitter, I'm Brit, B-R-I-T-T underscore joiner, J-O-I-N-E-R. I also have a YouTube channel and a Substack. Um, the Substack is trello.substack.com. And my YouTube is just youtube.com slash C slash Brittany Joiner, my full name. That's amazing. You got trello.substack.com. I know. I know. I was so excited about it. Like, and I even like went and checked with Atlassian to make sure they wouldn't like have any problems with it or anything. They were okay with that. And so, yeah, yeah, that's pretty sweet. And I, I think it definitely helps with SEO because I have a lot of people who will just find me from like Googling stuff about Trello. So yeah. Hmm. Amazing. All right. And do you have any final words or asks for the audience? Yeah. So I think final words, I've kind of talked about it a little bit in all sorts of sections, but like definitely follow your energy and try not to pressure yourself to fit any specific mold. Uh, a lot of the ones we think we have to fit, it's we we've told ourselves we have to fit or we've told ourselves we have to work a certain way and we don't. So do what works for you and don't worry about what every productivity enthusiast says. Um, yeah. And then ask, check out my book. I, like I said, I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's available on Amazon. I'd love to hear what you think about it. If you read it and have any questions, I definitely would love to chat and nerd out about it. So yeah. Amazing. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. This has like been a really, really cool conversation. Likewise. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Focus and Chill podcast. To listen to other episodes, jump onto podcast.focusbear.io. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a good fit, email us at team at focusbear.io. Otherwise, stay focused, stay chilled, and peace out.